It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Nurse, beautiful move to the net. Great shot, score! And Anderson completes a dramatic comeback. Cassie left it for McDavid. Drives the net. What a shot! Top right corner, unbelievable. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Heidi Ho, neighborinos. Sabres lead the Maple Leafs 1-0 at the start of the second period. Corey, uh, Casey Middlestat with the goal in that game, his 11th of the season. Late in the first period, Capitals up 1-0 on the Lightning. Lars Eller with the only goal in that game. Caps out shooting the Bolts 11-3. Later, Ottawa at Vancouver, and the Jets will take on the Ducks. The Edmonton Oilers off today. They will start a five-game homestand tomorrow against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's on 6.30, Chad, with the face-off show at 5.30, and the game will start at 7. Nine games left in the season for the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oil Kings start the playoffs Saturday night. Rogers place against Medicine Hat. Two members of the Kings are going to be in studio later on on Inside Sports. Looking forward to talking to these gentlemen. You will hear from Connor McDonald and Wyatt McLeod. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, I am pleased to welcome back to the show a man who on this day in 1994, March 20th, 1994, as a goaltender for the Los Angeles Kings, made 37 saves against the San Jose Sharks, Kelly Rudy, in a game that ended in a 6-6 tie. Oh, those were the days, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that game now. And, uh, yeah, that was an interesting uh, uh, battle. Uh, you know, we were fighting desperately for our playoff lives uh, that game, and that was not the... Uh, the performance I needed to put in. So I was really disappointed in myself, as you can imagine, 6-6 six, side. Six, and, uh, you know, it was uh, a stretch there where, you know, you you know the importance of the game and you hope that you come through for your teammates, but I wasn't uh, much of a stud that night, I can tell you. Uh, Wayne Gretzky tied it with 49 seconds left in the third. You guys played overtime at that time. It was 5-on-5 five five with no shootout. There was actually a ton of penalties in the first and second period, but nothing in the third. But, but Kelly, you were better than the other guy because Archer Zerbe only faced 27 shots. Yeah, but you know what? I'm glad you brought up Herbe because that guy played lights out against us virtually every single time after the first time that we faced him and the San Jose Sharks. I believe the first time we played against Herbe, and it was still back in the old Cow Palace, uh, and I believe we won something like, and I'm going to have the score wrong, but it was huge. It was like 12-1 or something. 
And and I had known about Urbe for quite a while, and so I was really surprised that he had an off night. His team was terrible in front of him. But the next, uh, virtually every single time we played him after that, he was lights out. But the very next time we played after that night, we bombed him. I think he beat us 2 nothing, and then next time was like 2-2, and he had basically around 40 saves each of those games. I think he, he took that loss so personally that he, he sort of somehow convinced himself he'll never be bad against Wayne Gretzky and the Kings again. It was unreal to play against him. Some, uh, well, that was an early uh, memory from the San Jose Sharks. And, uh, I mean, you've talked about that King season before. You guys didn't go where you wanted after making it to the Stanley Cup final the, the year yeah. prior. Kelly, great to talk to you, man. we got a lot to, uh, to dive into. It's uh, obviously pretty – well, I mean, it's been – uh, bleak for the Oilers for for a while, but I think reality really yeah. setting in after the last couple of games. You know what? The the Koskinen has had a couple of rough starts here in the last week or so. Last night, the first goal of the game, Jaden Schwartz scores from a sharp angle. Rob Brown and I talked about it after the game, and Rob said he picked his spot. But I'm wondering why that spot was available. We had a, we actually had a caller uh, call in who used to play goal in the Western Hockey League and. You know, he didn't get some of that positioning. And we've talked about that, uh, some bad angles goal. And it's not just Oilers goalies. It has burnt Talbot and Koskinen over the last couple of years. But you see the way the goalies approach and position themselves on shots coming from sharp angles or or even before shots are taken. What what do you think about this? And what do you, what do you see when goals go in over either shoulder from sometimes below the hash marks in the offensive zone? Well, uh, I'm not a fan of it, as you can imagine, because uh, I love the way the goaltenders in today's game play, but I have no idea why you want to give free goals away. And I think, to me, if, if I had my way, if I were teaching these guys, I'd say it's all feel. If you really feel like that's your best move, the play that uh, Kostman used, yesterday although he didn't do it very well but and he was too flat he was parallel against the goal line um he had he wasn't at square at all not one little bit towards the puck shooter schwartz but i I think the way i feel is that okay you're in the situation you feel it out if you feel that's your best move great if you feel like staying on your feet better for that situation great because you know, to me, the players have never been more accurate at shooting. So what used to be a fantastic shot, uh, that Schwartz goal last night, would have been really impossible only the very top guys 15 years ago. But the guys are so good now that it's almost as though you're giving three goals away, and I don't like it. I mean, the players are just waiting for the goaltender to go down on his knees, and whether uh, it goes far side, which is less likely because it seems as though it's always going high short side now, that I don't know why you want to put yourself in that position. I understand what goalie coaches are trying to do, and it you know takes away that rebound, and then you can't recover if you stay on your feet. But wouldn't a rebound out front be a whole lot better than a free goal, giving it up? I, I, don't, I don't get that at all. Yeah, and I, I mean, you have a different perspective having played the position and obviously Rob having shot on goalies. I, I can just tell you what I see and what I hear. And I, I I don't understand that mentality that I realize as a goalie, sometimes a guy will make a perfect shot, but it's almost yeah. like they're saying, well, 
I'm following this textbook and I'm doing things that uh, are going to make me successful 90% of the time. But you're right. There's that feel to it where you're saying who's shooting, who else is open. What, like, you, yeah. I don't think you can just say, well, the textbook, the goalie coach told me to do this, so I'm going to do it all the time and just shrug my shoulders if I get beat. That doesn't seem like I, a good approach. I totally agree. But unfortunately, this has been... Uh I guess the goalies have been convinced for 15 years this is what you do. So they start at such a young age, and they're taught, here's how you play this shot. And, you know, the goalie coach never is upset if he gets beat high short side. Uh, The coach, the head coach is never upset. They never bring it up. And, you know, I just think at times, man, you've just got to understand the feel of the game. As you said, who's shooting? What what's the other dangerous part of the uh, the play? Like at first when Koskinen laid in that goal, I watched it a bunch of times. And I was thinking, well, was he thinking that uh, Sunquist is open and Gagne is just a tiny bit late getting there? Then I kept watching. I think you know I don't even think he looked at Sunquist. Like I I didn't see an apparent look over his left shoulder, Koskinen, to see if Gagne is a little bit late, and so he's got to stay deeper in his net in case. Uh, Schwartz passes instead of the shot, and, and so, but I didn't see any of that. Uh, it just, you know, I, and you know what's going to happen? We're going to talk about this ten million times in the playoffs because all these goals are going to continue to go in. Like every time a goal goes in like that, Nick Kipros looks right at me and goes, "Why? What's that goalie thinking?" And I'm like, "Dude, that's what they're all taught. <laughs> what, what can I do?" <laughs> Well, that, that's a good point, and, and I'm glad you, you brought your insight to it because it, it's something I get asked about uh, a lot, and I'm like, well, I, I can tell you that I don't think they should go in, but I, I can't tell you why. So that, yeah. is, that is an interesting evolution of, uh, of goaltending over the years, and it's, it's, you know, it's been, like I said, it's been a tough, I guess, four games here for the, well, I mean, he got the win against Arizona, but he was pulled against New Jersey, six goals against Vegas, Got pulled last night. Uh, I mean, there was Schwartz's second goal hit him on the logo and somehow spun under his arm right. and went in. And, and Vegas clearly was was shooting high glove, and they found that spot perfectly a couple times. So you know the more, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm glad you're talking about Vegas. So you should read, you should uh, Google Dave Pryor, their goalie coach, and. When just after they uh, picked up Malcolm Subban from Boston on waivers last year, I think it was on waivers, he said it, the goalie coach Dave Pryor was quoted as saying something like, like he thinks he can work with Subban, change him into a good goalie. But what he wants to work with, and that's why Fleury and Subban are good and other people in their organization, he wants goalies brave enough to stay on their feet longer. And so... You know, back to our conversation about Kostinen going down so early and so many other goalies doing that, here's a guy now finally telling goalies, feel it out. And if you feel like you can stay on your feet longer, do it. And you won't hear anything bad from me. I, I think it's a really great concept. Well, I, I can't remember if it was you or if I was talking to somebody else earlier this season, but, you know, Talbot obviously had his struggles. I don't think it was you. I think it was somebody else. And they And they said when they see a goalie down and and pushing off and just taking away the lower part of the net, they see that as a sign that a goalie has lost his confidence, where he's saying, well, at least I'm going to take away half the shots because I'm not not doing well when I'm reacting to them. Yeah, I I have been there where I've lost my confidence and I'm trying to find anything 
that gives me some sort of comfort. So if, if that was the, the case with Talbot, yeah, you're doomed if you feel like you're, you're playing the odds because playing goal isn't playing the odds. It's trying to save every single puck. All right, Kelly, the playoffs are, are around the corner here for, for some teams. It's not going to happen in Edmonton. There's some teams still jockeying for position. Several players say now, and Alex Chason, who was with the Capitals last, last year, has said it many times. He said there's an NHL in September. There's another one in December, January. There's another one after the trade deadline, and there's another one in the playoffs. For a skater... That can mean you ramp up the checking, you block a few more shots, maybe you fight to send a message to an opponent and all that kind of stuff. You know, skaters can do that. Goalies, it seems to me you 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 don't really have that luxury because you're the last line of defense. Or can they? As a goaltender, can you ramp it up for the playoffs? What would you try to do at this time of year, if anything, to get prepared for the postseason? Well, because it's such a unique position, there are things that you try and focus on, but it is different than a skater. Where a skater, number one thing, he's he has to remind himself to bring energy every night. Well, as a goalie, you can kind of do that, but you can't hit anybody to to bring energy. You can't block a shot to, or uh, you know what I mean, like a Chris Russell type block. Um, so what I really found as a goaltender, first of all, the, maybe the last month heading into the playoffs, you want to get your players to trust you uh, unequivocally. So they feel that there are no question marks in the net, that you're the guy, you're the general back there, you've got it, you're comfortable with the pressure, and you're trying to prove to them, no matter how successful you are, that you're in a groove. And so once you, once you continue to do that and they're big believers in you, then you've got to make sure during the course of the playoffs in every single uh, round that – uh, you don't get caught up in the highs and lows because there are plenty of them, and it, that could doom you pretty quickly. So you have to make sure that if you have a bad first game or bad first period, that you shelve that as quickly as possible, and then you're back in the series. It's it's hard to do because it's really, in a lot of it, it's just trying to convince others that you can do the job. And, and especially if your teammates see any little weakness in you, they, they feel horrible, and they, they usually succumb to that feeling. Well, that's a, that's a great way to put it. Just quickly, I got a text here. Ask Rudy why there are no 400-pound goalies. Sounds like a challenge, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> hey, listen, there was, a, there was an NHL owner, and I won't say who it was, but he sort of posed the same question. Why don't we just have a goalie that's basically four feet tall and six feet wide? You know, he was, of course teasing a little bit but not really he was wondering why don't we just get some guy that's huge that covers up most of the net then you put equipment on him and he doesn't even barely have to move so he wouldn't that text isn't the first uh, time i've heard something like that that's a good one kelly always great to have you on the show what uh are you in toronto this weekend what's going on yes i am i uh, have a home game tomorrow uh ottawa's here hey by the way you're gonna love uh, watching columbus tomorrow and josh anderson unbelievable player he had a great night last year you know last night here in calgary you know what the oilers played columbus a couple of weeks ago i thought the oilers played well and i thought columbus played poorly and edmonton won four nothing but both rob and i thought that anderson really stood out for the blue jackets that's interesting you bring that up yeah he's going to be a great player down the road okay see you buddy talk to you next week thanks for everything okay thanks pal see ya
That is Kelly Rudy checking in, former NHL goaltender, now with the NHL on Rogers. Love having him on the show. So hopefully that gives you a, a little more insight into how goalies defend that that bad angle shot, or perhaps fail to defend it at, at times. And uh, now Kelly doesn't like it; he doesn't really understand it. But he he's emphasizing that is what goaltenders are are often being taught and encouraged to do. But as he said, the Vegas goaltending coach is encouraging his goalies. Stay on your feet longer. Trust yourself to read the play. You don't have to play by the book all the time. You can let me know what you think at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Luke. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Philp now with the Calgary Flames after wrapping up a season with the U of A Golden Bears. He's scheduled for between 6.30 and 7 tonight. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 6.30 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet, some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Don't forget about Northern Chicken's brunch, buttermilk briskets, sausage, gravy, and smashed potatoes. Sundays from 11 a.m. until 2. Visit northchickenyeg.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is 6.27. Luke Philp. Now with the Calgary Flames. Well, he's still going to the U of A, just finished up a season with the U of A Golden Bears, his third season. He was the University Sports Men's Hockey Player of the Year. Unfortunately got hurt in the championship game against UNB and uh, only got to play about 10 minutes of that game. So he's recovering from that. He'll fill us in on the injury and tell us about signing with the Flames. That's in the next half hour of the show. Ryan King is going to check in as well. Long snapper for the Edmonton Eskimos. I'm sure many of you have been following the uh, negotiations between the CFL Players Association and the league for a new CBA. There's been some talks about changing the ratio that uh, maybe you've had fewer Canadian players as starters moving along here. So we'll hear what uh, Ryan has to say about that. And uh, really looking forward to this segment later on tonight. Wyatt McLeod and Connor McDonald from the Edmonton Oil Kings will join me in studio as they get ready for their playoff series against the Medicine Hat Tigers. Man, uh, that game last night, the playoff game, the play-in game, pardon me, the tiebreaker, Kamloops and Kelowna, and Kamloops winds up winning. We had their head coach, Serge LeJoie, on the show to preview the series on uh, Monday. I was watching some highlights from that. The Blazers got two shorthanded goals in the third period on the same penalty kill, both off goaltender defenseman misplays, giveaways behind the net, where the, they just had to steal the puck and wrap it around for an empty net goal. Went from a 2-1 lead to a 4-1 lead, so that was huge in that game. Coming back after the 6.30 news. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet, thanks for tuning in tonight. 
your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Here's what's going on in the National Hockey League. It is 1-1 Maple Leafs and Sabres. They are now late in the second period. Austin Matthews has his 35th of the season. Washington leads Tampa Bay 1-0. The second period just getting underway. Later on tonight, Anaheim home to Winnipeg and Vancouver will host Ottawa. NBA tonight getting underway in about an hour. The Toronto Raptors will take on the Thunder. My name is Reed Wilkins. Good to have you uh, tuning in tonight. Oilers and Columbus tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show. Game at 7 here on 6.30, Ched. Uh, well, I checked. Uh, I always check. People always ask me if I check. Good old sports club stats has the Oilers with a 0.3% chance to make the playoffs. That is uh, 3 in a 1,000. So that's where we're at. So you're saying there's a chance. I sure am, Kellen. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> that, that is exactly what I'm saying. Uh, all right. Great to have this young man on the show, top player in men's university hockey this past year. I guess we now say formerly of the U of A Golden Bears. He has just signed an entry-level deal with the Calgary Flames. It is forward Luke Philp. Luke, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good at yourself. Doing very well. It's great to have you on the show again, Luke. I know we talked a few times over the last couple of seasons. And let's let's start from a team perspective before we get into some of your individual news over the last few days. Great season for the Golden Bears. I know you didn't win the one last game that you wanted, though. Uh, how have the last couple of days been since National? How are you sort of uh, processing the journey that was this past season? It's been uh, crazy the last few days. Um, uh, the the journey for the team, it was unfortunate at the end. Uh, for me personally, going down with an injury in the first period, um, not being able to play out that last game. Uh, it's it it sucked, but um, the guys battled hard. I was proud of our team. Uh, you got to give UMB credit; they were a really good team, and they deserved to win. Um, but it was uh, it was a tough ending, that's for sure. Well, and we talk a lot about the expectations for the U of A Golden Bears, and, and a lot of players like you come to the Bears specifically because the goal is to win nationals and win nationals as many times as you can while you, uh, while you're the, while you're a Bear. But but I mean, I still look at it and think you guys had a great team and a great season. As does, there there must be some positives though you you can reflect on and a lot of pretty good moments for this team. Yeah, there's uh, there's always a lot of positives for our team throughout this year. I thought we we had a tough start. We dealt dealt with a bunch of injuries early on, but we uh, we only got better as the year went on. We um, we had a pretty impressive stretch there where we didn't lose for a while, and um, and then we also had a pretty impressive accomplishment uh, coming back down one nothing in Saskatchewan shutting them out um, the last two games and then shutting them out again in Nationals. Um, it was unfortunate that we couldn't get the, get the win because that's, um, that's always our goal is to be the national champions. And it was, it's unfortunate we couldn't uh, defend. But like I said before, um, you've got to give UNB some credit. They're a great team. 
You, you had that game against Saskatchewan. You guys had a really big third period. You got three goals. You got the second goal of the game off a turnover by their goaltender and a pass to you right in front of the net. I know you scored a lot this year, Luke, but it, but is, is that a bit of a dream come true? Because there, it seems like on plays like those, there's a lot of almost steals by the four-checking team or close calls, but you, you rarely get a, a steal that clean and a net that wide opening. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that one just seemed to work out perfect. Um, Pauly there got in fast on the forecheck, and I think he kind of fooled uh, their goalie. They, he was thinking he was going a different way, and he did it such a good job. If you watch the, the highlights of it, he just put it in the perfect spot between all two of their defense and then uh, the guy sliding back, and all I had to do was put it in. But, um, yeah, those are ones where I didn't expect it to come out like that but then when I saw it I kind of just jumped on it and thought to myself with a one nothing lead at the time like this is a big goal if we kind of if I bury this all I have to do is put in the empty net but if if I bury this this might uh this is going to be kind of a backbreaker for them. Luke the rivalry between the Golden Bears and the Huskies is an ongoing story it uh it got pretty nasty there in the in the last minute of that semifinal game and uh luckily you guys escaped without losing any players for the final. I know hockey can be chippy and it can be chirpy, and, I, and I'm sure that exists between the Bears and the Huskies. But just as a player and, be, and being on the ice and being on the bench, you know your reaction to to what happened in that last minute. I mean, was that you crossing the line on their part in your mind, or how would you look at it? Uh, yeah, 100%. They crossed the line. I think they know they crossed the line. The guys who did it. Um, I think it's a he. Uh, it's a guy who kind of tends to cross the line before, or he has before. Um, he, um, I mean, you don't kind of associate him with their whole team, but uh, it was definitely unnecessary. Um, one of our guys ended up getting hurt off of it too. Um, he ended up, we ended up not having any suspensions because our guys were just defending ourselves. But um, I was kind of. Uh, in the flyby, I was on the ice. Uh, I was past the guys who ended up getting jumped, so um, I didn't really see it all happen. But uh, yeah, there's no kind of there's no room for that. That's pretty. That was kind of classless on his part, especially when they know it's over and we still got a game left to play. Luke Philp joining us on Inside Sports tonight, Player of the Year in U Sports Men's Hockey. All right, so in the final game, you, you touched on on your injury. Uh, can you kind of just take us through that play? Uh, you know, I saw the play and, and the replay, and it looked like you kind of went uh, down awkwardly forechecking. Uh, tell us your rec- recollection of that moment and uh, just how you're feeling now. Um, yeah, unfortunately, well, now I'm in uh, a boot, so I hurt my ankle pretty good, but... Um, unfortunately, uh, I just kind of was going after the puck. I think I chipped it around and was going to try and beat him to it. Um, I got tangled up. I was going pretty fast, and uh, my leg got caught behind me. I slid into the boards. It was, uh, it felt pretty similar. I'd, uh, I've actually injured my an ankle before, my other ankle, but it felt pretty similar pain-wise and uh, pretty similar feeling to that. So I, I had a pretty good indication that um, that it wasn't something too good. And um, when I got to the down the tunnel in the trainer's room, I kind of figured that I'm going to be out for a pretty significant amount of time because of it, and there was no way I was going back in the game. 
All right. Well, hopefully you recovered quickly from that. And you had some other exciting news here. You've signed an entry-level contract with the Calgary Flames. And I know there were several teams looking at you throughout the season. Give me a sense of uh, why the the Flames were the decision for you and and maybe, um, you know, how many teams were right down to the wire there. Yeah, um, I knew that there was teams looking at me... um throughout the year um, and I knew kind of teams could ramp that up as you get into playoffs and as you get into um, um, the later parts of your season playoffs nationals I guess and then so I wasn't aware that it was going to be Calgary Um, I knew they were a team that was looking at me I didn't think I wasn't aware I was going to end up signing with them it all kind of came together um, after the um, the game there on Sunday and then uh, it came together on Monday and um, it was something that happened pretty fast and uh, it was just I mean when your hometown team um, is showing interest and wants to sign you it's uh, pretty exciting on my part. Did you have any contact with the Oilers at all? Did they uh, ever talk to you about anything? Um, Not me personally. I was told that there was some interest from them um, uh, but that's about all that I knew. Okay. Well, and given, given the Flames' uh, season, I, I guess it's an interesting time to be to be, to be joining that uh, that franchise. It was it Canmore you grew up in, or were you right in Calgary? I grew up in Canmore. In Canmore. So, what are some of your memories that cheering for the Flames as a as a kid? Uh, their '04 Cup run, I think. Um, I went to. I didn't go to a game at home. Like when they were at home, they were actually in Tampa, and we went into the Saddle Dome and watched. They had it on the big screen. I think we went with a couple friends and family, and we watched that game. It was a game. Uh, I can't remember exactly what game it was. I just know that went to overtime. I think it was Supreme who scored. So it was um, memories like that. Uh, growing up watching them and the the Sea of Red and the Red Mile. So it's all pretty pretty cool. You know, this is an interesting time for you because I know from our chats and watching you play, like you love being a Golden Bear, but I mean, the the chance to play pro, I guess, probably trumps everything, or do, does it trump everything? Like, was this a difficult decision at all, or was it was it obvious to to sign this contract? Um, I think it was obvious for me. I said all along um, to myself and to um, anyone who would ask it, I don't think I was going to leave school unless I got offered like an an NHL contract so um Calgary offer when they offered I mean I think my mind was I was definitely always going to sign it it's uh it's kind of at a tricky stage in my schooling I still have a decent amount of classes left so I kind of have to figure out what I'm going to plan to do if to get kind of chip away and maybe get that done so I can end up still getting a degree um but uh no I don't think it was a difficult decision for me to sign this what are you working towards degree wise again um business degree I'm in um business economics and law with and when, my major. And when you signed the ELC, who were the first person or people that you got in touch with? Uh, my family and my brothers, my mom and dad. And then I um, called their text a few buddies and stuff, and then the guys that I live with. So um, those are kind of the first people I told. 
Great stuff. Well, Luke, all the best recovering from the ankle injury, and congratulations on the deal with the Flames. It was a pleasure watching you with the Golden Bears, and I hope we do this plenty more times here on Inside Sports. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks a lot, Reed. That is Luke Philp checking in tonight. So he gets a two-year entry-level contract with the Calgary Flames. Grew up in Canmore, cheering for the Flames, 23 years of age, top player in men's university hockey. The Bears are going to miss him. Uh, but the Bears only have four graduating players, so they should be in good shape for next year once again. Oh, my goodness, Kellen, should we make a beer god? Let's bestow the beer god did him <laughs> to somebody. It is Brewer False. We've given out uh, four of these passes already. We got one more kicking around. So it's a Beer God pass for Edmonton International Beer Fest coming up March. Well, what? Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. At the Edmonton Convention Center. So you get VIP line entry, you get VIP seating. You get uh, brewery swag from exhibitors. You get entry into the Daily Door prizes. You get a T-shirt, a mug, a lanyard, all that kind of fun stuff. 780. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 496-0063. Brewer false. We'll have a contestant lined up when we get back. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 6.53. We'll hear from Eskimos long snapper Ryan King between 7 and 7.30. He'll have an update on the negotiations on a new collective bargaining agreement between the CFL and its Players Association. We'll also ask Ryan about all the uh, changes to the Eskimos roster in the wake of free agency about six weeks ago. A lot obviously happened for the green and gold. It is time to play Brewer False. Man, this has been a fun contest. We're giving away a pair of beer, guard, uh, beer god passes for the Edmonton International Beer Fest at the Convention Centre this Friday and Saturday. So if you've been listening, you know how it works. I'm going to give you a brew or false a true or false question if you get two out of three right you win if not we uh, move on to the next contestant we have not had to do that in fact nobody has been wrong yet which either means the questions have been really easy or you're all incredibly intelligent i tend to lead is to lean towards you all being very intelligent like the contestant tonight rob hello rob how are you good do you consider I, are, do you consider yourself reasonably intelligent? I hope so. <laughs> do you like beer? Of course. And do you like Edmonton sports teams? Of course. Then I think you're going to do well. Are you ready to rock and roll? Let's go for it. A stout is a light-colored beer with a fruity taste. Uh, false. Absolutely. Can you can you name an example of a classic stout? Oh. Well, Guinness. Guinness would, be, Guinness would be a well-known we stout. Dark, we darker, darker beers. All right, here's, yep. a, here's a fun one. True or false? Dave Saminko is the Oilers' franchise leader in penalty minutes. Ooh. I'm going to guess true. It is actually false. It is Kelly Bookberger. 
So we're going to give okay. you one more for the pass on the line. Here we go. You're the first okay. one. You're the first one to go the distance in the best of three. Uh-oh. Eskimos legend Gizmo Williams was born in Edmonton. False. He was born in Memphis, Tennessee, and I'm sure you knew that, and I'm sure you used to watch him run punts back, I hope. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> so what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts, Rob? Are you uh, watching any Oilers games? Are, are you waiting for football and baseball to start, or, or where are you at right now? I'm, I'm still holding out some hope. It's getting The light, light's getting dim, but I'm holding out. Uh, now, what? Uh, let me ask this: What is uh, for for you for this Oilers season? What has been the best part, and what has been the worst part? Best part? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think seeing Drysaddle really pick it up. I would agree with that. That'd be it for me. Yeah, and uh, worst part? I don't know. It's just still that we still haven't figured out how to shoot the puck a lot of times. <laughs> well, what were the shots <laughs> last night? I didn't even keep the sheet. I think they were forty-four seventeen. Uh, I yes. think for me the worst part has either been it's a toss it's probably a toss up between the penalty killing and the yep. lack of depth scoring and I kind of expected those would be weaknesses but not to this extent so that's been pretty not disappointing. Not to this extent that's right yeah. Rob hang on the line Kellen will take down your info. Sure. Congratulations on being a beer god. Uh, we have something else to give away later on in the show. So if you didn't win that, uh, keep listening for a cue to call. But we, we made five people beer gods over the last week and a half. That makes me happy. We will have Ryan King on the show when we get back. We'll update the scoreboard. Steven texting in. He says, I saw that a couple of Western teams might have interest in Yakupov. He seems to have really progressed since going overseas. Any chance the Oilers look at a reunion? Steven, my gut tells me no. But there will be a new general manager. Will that general manager have an interest in Neil Yakupov? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Oilers do need cheap forwards, but I don't know if they're going to try to sail on that ship again. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.